This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Here it comes. In there. And that does it. History in the desert. The Texas Rangers, for the first time ever, are World Series champs. And the celebration begins third base side of the mound. The dog pile as they jump up and down out of the dugout, out from the bullpen in right field. The Rangers celebrate. The Texas Rangers are World Series champs. You may not have seen it, but if you saw a fat, bald guy in the bottom of that dog pile, you know who it was. <laughs> it's your boy. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. And Joe, if we have established one thing on this show, it's about me. And the Texas Rangers have won the series. And listen, I know nobody cares outside of me and the state of Texas, but... It was an unbelievable night, and I cannot believe it actually happened. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true at all. It's the World Series, okay? We can hear all we want to hear about ratings and this and that. We're still sports fans at heart, right? We're still keeping an eye on this at the very least. I'm a Phillies fan. It was awful to go down to the Diamondbacks, but I'm still watching the World Series. Most importantly, congratulations to you. I'm glad you're happy. I'm glad we're finally starting to see some joy. I got a little bit of it last night on Instagram. You have been Mm -hmm. very tight-lipped throughout the entire postseason. It seems like you have enjoyed literally none of it. So hopefully now that that bottle of Corbell is opened, the big man can sit back, relax, and bask in the success. Let me tell you something. The cheap stuff was flowing in Jersey last night, my friend. That's right. And uh, when I say that, I say that because I get it. I got, you know, obviously you get a bunch of texts from your friends when something like this happens. And the number one text I got from all of my friends, congratulations, you're the only Texas Rangers fan I know. (laughs) Yeah, and it's easy, too, especially if you grow up like you being in the Northeast like me. It's one thing if your friends are fans of a rival team. Like I grew up with a lot of uh, friends who are Mets fans, right? They're never going to send me a congratulations on the Phillies having any success. But if you have a friend who's got one of those out outdoor or one of those out of the wall off the wall sort of teams like so far out of your peripheral you don't even have to worry about it like if i had a friend who was a charlotte hornets fan and they won the title they're getting a congratulations immediately exactly congratulations to the poor guy he's had to wait forever we never understood the fandom but here it is it makes no sense but we're all kind of happy for you you (laughs) sick weirdo yeah that's exactly right and i feel like a sick weirdo but at least like one with a championship today. And listen, I'm not going to lie. 12 years ago, 2011 was a rough time. But I I think maybe, Joe, maybe I'm finally going to be able to work through some of that pain. I think so. I think more importantly, embrace that pain. Embrace that pain and remember it the next time you sit back and you enjoy the highs of this, right? Like, this is the yin and the yang of being a sports fan. As a Philadelphia fan, I was born in 1980. The 83 Sixers winning the championship, like, that didn't mean anything to me. I was I was nothing. I wasn't even three years old at the time, right? Yeah. But if you fast forward to when I finally got a World Series from the Phils, and then you get the Super Bowl eventually from the, from the Eagles, like, those are the moments. But they go hand in hand with all the pain. Rondé Barber and the pick six at the last game 
ever oh. played at Veterans Stadium. Like those are still I'm not going to say good memories or fond memories, but they're important memories because yeah. they encompass the entire picture for the Rangers last night. Special shout out to two guys who I covered in the Bay Area, Marcus Simeon, who played 179 of 179 possible games this season. Amazing. That's absolutely insane. Shout out to Corey Seager, who becomes the first player in history to win World Series MVP in both the American League and the National League. And shout out to Bruce Bochy, right? Like the new organization came in. Bochy was given the opportunity to retire on his own terms with grace. They moved on to Gabe Kapler. It was a new analytical movement in San Francisco. Bochy takes some time off. He signs up with the Rangers this offseason. He wins a World Series his first year out. That is just an all-time human being, Bruce Bochy. I couldn't be happier for him. Yeah, and listen, I, when they signed him, I was so thrilled. And my wife is from the Bay Area, huge Giants fan, always had an immense appreciation for Bochy. Going back to when I was, you know, five, six years old, and he's a backup catcher for the Mets. Yep. Always seemed like a good, likable guy. And obviously, you know, that, I mean, just listen to Corey Seager about Bruce Bochy here and what he meant to that team. After the game, you gave Bruce Bochy a hug. What'd you t- say to him? It's just that I loved him and thanked him for it. You know, for what he's done for this group and what he's done for this team, it's just it's unbelievable. You can tell how much that group has absolutely loved him. And a little, un, just not to get too far in the weeds, a, a little under the radar thing they did this year that was incredibly smart. When they had all their success in, in 2010, 2011, Mike Maddox was the pitching coach. They brought him back this year, and he made a huge Huge difference, especially when you lose to Grom early in the season, which was highly predictable. You know, you're getting the best out of guys like Jordan Montgomery. And then, listen, the time I felt like they were going to win last night was when Nate Valdi is getting in and out of these jams all yeah. night long. Bases juiced. That, yeah, that's when you get that feeling like, you know what? This, he's a big game pitcher, and maybe we got something going our way tonight. Yeah, it was all the way around. And then, you know, a little bit of something here that I think a lot of people can enjoy. Eh, you take out the Houston Astros in the process. Oh, yeah. Not a lot of us are going to oh, feel yeah. bad about that one. right? Oh, there. yeah. Listen, when the first time around in 2010, when they lost to the Giants, that was no big deal because they had beaten the Yankees. And that's what mattered. And then, you know, beating the Astros this year after they had routinely kicked their tails over the last couple of years anything we can do to make america feel better about the astros being out that, that's <laughs> anyway you know what that's it, what we will remember this rangers team for exactly, not for their exactly. championship or the fact that they won every single road playoff game no 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 this is about the fact that you prevented us america with having to deal with the astros yet again uh, yeah well listen it was it was pretty cool to to get a chance to see that and uh listen it's like every other fan you when we're in this industry, sometimes the fandom gets away from you a little bit. And the last few weeks, like I had not, I had not felt that way in a lo- in a long time as a fan. And it wasn't anything I didn't want, but it was just it was so cool to kind of have that fandom again. I had followed Absolutely. it all season long, but not you know uh, uh, certainly not. Uh, to the level that I had as a younger person. You feel like a kid again. That's what these runs do for you as an adult. You have all the adult responsibilities that prevent you from following the day-to-day minutia of the 162-game season, which you can do as a kid. But a run like this brings you back into that frame of mind. It brings you back into putting that team and that run at the forefront of your schedule each and every day. It's a beautiful thing when it happens. Yep. 
So congratulations to the Texas Rangers on winning their first ever World Series. Bob Knight has died at his home in Indiana. Knight was 83. Bob was a guy that never thought he was wrong. I look at him as a brilliant coach that had some personal flaws that in the end uh, impacted his legacy. We got the news yesterday uh, afternoon that Bob Knight had passed away at the age of 83. And I don't know that there has ever been a more complicated figure in sports history, Joe, than Bob Knight, just from this standpoint. And I thought this was um, this was incredibly well put. We all know what the on-court accomplishments were. Three national championships, 903 wins. Nobody can ever argue with his greatness in regards to that. But I'm reading Jay Billis's article about it this morning. And... I thought this line really summed up Bob Knight. It is the only friendship Jay Billis ever had where he felt like he had to explain or justify himself. And I think that speaks a lot to the complication of Bob Knight. So I ask you this, when you think of Bob Knight, what do you think of? He wore it all on his sleeve, right? We, we, We know very publicly the flaws of Bob Knight. We don't know that about each other sometimes. I think a lot of people go through life, and this is a natural deterrent because we're all self-conscious and the ego gets in the way, but the things in which we we struggle with, we try to cover up. We might overcompensate for them. We want to, especially in this day and age of, of social media where you scroll on the Instagram and it seems like everyone you know is either on vacation or getting a promotion or buying a new house. You're overwhelmed with everyone else's supposed successes and accomplishments. It starts to hurt you. It makes you feel like you're not worthy, like you're not doing enough. And we then tend to overcompensate or bury some of those shortcomings because we want to put on this image of perfection, that we've got it all figured out. That wasn't night. All the things we know about Knight from a negative standpoint, all his flaws, his characteristic flaws, his or his character flaws, I should say, he wore them on his sleeve. And I think that that's something we can take away in that he wasn't perfect. We know all about the on-court accomplishments. We know about his success in the world of basketball, but we also know where he came up short as a human being. And for that, we should think to ourselves, well, if those were his flaws and he wore them so publicly and we know so much about them, and we have flaws as well, Think about what we could achieve because Knight was able to achieve so much in that process. It wasn't perfect. There are plenty of complaints. There are plenty of issues you could point out, but he wore it publicly. He's a flawed human being. He's a flawed character. And I think all of us can can embrace that because we have our flaws as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, listen, I get that. I have, um, I have more, uh, I guess, animated feelings about it just because... Uh, the means don't uh, the end does not always justify the means and I felt like that Bob Knight in a lot of ways simply motivated by intimidation and we're going to talk to Steve Alford about this and you talk about a, a player and a coach that had a very complicated relationship with Bob Knight over the years I think we're going to get the most complete picture that you can one hour from now when we talk to him but I, I hated the idea that the only way Bob Knight could have success was to intimidate and really try to lord over people because that's the only way that he knew. Now, listen, we can. there's a reason he was called the general. He was called the general because you, he led by that kind of intimidation, the throwing chairs, the, the swearing, all that kind of stuff. It, it, listen, that's all fine. What When I couldn't 
deal with or ever wrap my head around putting a hand on a player. Uh, I could never wrap my head around the idea that it was necessary to embarrass people publicly, which he did quite a bit from people who were interviewing him to his own staffers to sports information directors who work for him who would he would embarrass them in a press conference setting like all of that stuff i i always hate the explanation of well you know that's just him you know that's that's just bob it's not it, it's not a fair thing to say because it's almost justifying the behavior and and frankly a lot of it turned into self sabotage because that behavior is what led his uh, tenure at Indiana to end as ignominiously as it did. Uh, he's an amazing coach, but I always feel like the best way to honor somebody, somebody is to really give the whole picture and tell the truth about who they were. And uh, like for me, I only met the man once when he was coming in for an interview uh, when I was producing Mike and the Mad Dog. And he was uh, somebody that right away you knew wanted you to be afraid of him. That, that's just all there was to it. And you're in an interview setting. There's no need for that. So, listen, I, I, there's a whole much more we're going to get into about this, but as complicated a figure in sports as I think we will ever see. Yep, agreed. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We're presented by Progressive Insurance and don't forget, we want you to be a part of the program on the Carlin versus Joe Nation on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. The one fans deserve. We'll have more, as we said, one hour from now. We'll be joined by Steve Alford, his former player. Of course, won a national championship there and the former head coach at Iowa as well. It's all on the way. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Driving, loses it. Anthony Davis has got it ahead to Reeves. Reeves to the basket, alley-oop to LeBron! Slam dunk, timeout, Clippers! A perfectly executed alley-oop from Austin Reeves to LeBron. LeBron's getting his minutes in, that's for sure. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Series XM Channel 80. And they are now 3-2. and two. Lakers get a win last night. Joseph, um, we're going to make a big deal about the minutes all season long. Last night uh, went over 40 minutes for the first time this year. I think he played 42. But what a night he had with with uh, 12 rebounds, 7 assists. I mean, he was all over the place. And listen, I, I think when you look at the Lakers now, at the moment, they're only playing 8. They're a little bit thin. And I think that's why you're seeing what you're seeing with the minutes with LeBron. But it is so clear to me, and we discussed it a bit last week, how important it is for the Lakers to not put themselves in that hole that they did a year ago. And they are playing with a much... I don't want to say they didn't play with urgency last year early when they got out, what was it, 2-10, and 10, something like that. But they, they certainly did not play with this level of urgency uh, and they do not want to be digging out of that. So I do see motivation in the Lakers with an importance on the regular season, not just let's just get there and worry about it then. From a team perspective, it's a little concerning that they started the season with a plan regarding James and his minutes, 29, 30 per game, and then immediately got away from it. That would be a little concerning to me that they spent the offseason and the buildup to this during training camp to put a plan in place and then abandon it so quickly. That would be a little bit alarming. Now, whether or not it ends up mattering, that remains to be seen. But first thing that comes to mind is they've really blown through this minutes restriction quite a bit early in the season. On a positive note, if he's not a one or a two seed, it's going to be very difficult to win the MVP award. But James right now and the MVP candidacy he's putting together early in the season is astronomical. Let's Mm. talk about plus minus. For those who don't know, plus minus is a stat that's very simple. What are you outscoring the opposition by when you're on the floor versus when you're not on the floor? For example, if LeBron James plays all but one minute and during those 47 minutes, the Lakers outscored the Clippers by 10 points, you know, he's plus 10, right? But if in that other minute, the Clippers outscore the Lakers by 10 points for the game, it's just even. Right, So the teams would be even there, but James would be plus 10. It's what your team is doing with you on the floor. Uh For the season, LeBron James' plus minus is plus 7. When he's on the floor, the Lakers are outscoring the opposition by 7 points per game. The Lakers as a whole have a minus point differential. Minus .8. So they're 3-2 and on the season. They've been outscored in the aggregate. Yet when James is on the floor, they're outscoring the opposition by 7 points per game. Let me put that in perspective. Luka Doncic, another MVP candidate, is on the 4-0 Dallas Mavericks. His plus-minus is right around LeBron's, plus 7.5. But the Mavericks as a whole are plus 9. They're blowing out the opposition, and he's playing a role in that. James, when he's on the floor, the Lakers are fantastic. Without James on the floor, they're a disaster. It really speaks to his value on this team so far this season. He has been sensational for them. I I think there are a couple of guys here that 
outside of Anthony Davis that are going to have to be much bigger factors in a very positive way. And one of them, it just kills me to say, because they know it's not going to happen, and that's D'Angelo Russell. Like, Russell can go out and have 27 last night, and to your point, he's barely a plus three with 27 points. What does that tell you about him? It tells you that the defense isn't there, that there isn't nearly enough that he is doing on both ends of the court to overall impact the game. So that's what's frustrating to me. I know what Anthony Davis can do defensively, right? I'm not worried about that. But then they have to get guys like Achimura back. You know, who's who's day to day right now. They have to get those role players back who are going to play a bigger factor, not just because, Joe, they can go and uh, be, you know, a big part of them uh, playing all the roles that they're supposed to play, but primarily so that you can get those minutes numbers down to where they need to be. Some of these guys just can't be killing you, you know. It's simple as that. They can't be killing you. And I have to be able to take LeBron off the floor, not play him 42 minutes last night, play him 28, 29, as we've talked about, as their plan was, and I'm going to be okay. I can live with the nights where I have to play him 35 and 36 minutes. But right now... It's still a lot of minutes. It's still a lot. That's a lot of minutes to live with. It's like, yeah, we could, we'll live I'm with the saying, fact that James is going to play 36 that's every nights. Night. But I'm not saying that's every night. I'm saying I can live with some nights where I have to do that. But right now, the minutes average is exactly where it has been for the last five years to start the season. Only five games, but that's a problem. Yeah, I would look at that, something to monitor moving forward, because again, I mean, we just turned the calendar to November, right? It's it's November 2nd today. The other thing we have to mention about last night's game, we can't, and this is as a society, it's not just this show, <laughs> but we can't be so quick to bang on Anthony Davis when he doesn't step up and then sweep it under the rug when he does, because he was fantastic last night. 27 points, yep. 10 boards, 3 assists, plus 11. He played 48 the of a possible 53 minutes. He was big last night. So on the nights when he doesn't play well, all of us, myself included, very quick to point out that he's not capable of stepping up in LeBron's absence, that he's not one of the best players in the NBA. We know all the narratives. We know all the storylines. He did play big last night in that win over the Clippers. Oh, Listen, you're right, and I think that his impact on the defensive end amazingly still sometimes gets overlooked. And he had the best plus-minus of anybody on the Lakers last night, if I'm not mistaken, in that game. He's plus 11. He he was huge last night. Yeah, absolutely. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776 is the Dr. Pepper call-in line. One NFL franchise right now is facing an issue that they have not faced in 30 years. We'll explain next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Football Sunday on ESPN Radio. It's a showdown at Lambeau Field. Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers go head-to-head with the Los Angeles Rams. Cooper Cup on an 18-yard score. The Rams at the Packers. Coverage begins at noon Eastern with kickoff at 1 Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. We talk about all these teams and the needs for quarterbacks. There's one team we don't talk about enough because we don't know if we have the answer yet if they need one. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. On the ESPN app, let's welcome in Mark Chamora. He is the former Packers tight end, part of uh, Jen, Gabe, and Chewy on ESPN Milwaukee, the morning show out there as he joins us right now to discuss the situation with the Packers. Chewy, it's Chris along with Joe. So let's just start right here. We appreciate the time as always. The Packers in the position that they are, trying to figure out whether or not Jordan Love is their quarterback for the long term. Do they have their answer yet, or are they still trying to find that out? Uh, I don't think they have the answer yet, but uh, Gutekunst talked yesterday, and one of the questions was whether they carry over this into next year, which I think is ridiculous. I mean, he has 10 more games to obviously play better, and I think that's enough games, a full season, uh, 17 games to determine whether he is the future of the Packers or not, and I don't think he's off to a very good start right now. So hopefully he picks it up and his play improves. You know, from your personal opinion, what do you think of Jordan Love? Do you think by the time we get to the end of the next 10 games, he'll have shown enough to be the guy? Or do you think the franchise might be looking to head in another direction? Uh, You know, personally, I think I need five more games. Um, Where I'm at right now, I mean, obviously he started pretty well against the Bears, which is probably the worst thing that could have happened because it gave – a lot of people false hope and you do have to give him a little bit of a pass because he is was with such a young roster, but I don't consider four years um, whether you played a lot or not to be young in this league. I think 17 games in your fourth, fourth, fourth year is plenty of time to evaluate him and determine, like I said, if he is the future, I don't think the guy's ever going to be great just from what I've seen of him. I think he could, if he comes out of this stretch of bad games, the best he's going to be is good. The question is whether that's good enough for 
uh, the organization here to move forward. Mark Chamora, the former Packers tight end, Jen Gabe and Chewy on ESPN Milwaukee mornings every day. So, Mark, from what you see, what are the biggest issues for Jordan Love? Uh, I think his decision-making is slow. Um, you know, I get a chance to watch the All-22. I don't watch the full game, but I watch enough of it uh, in the passing game to watch him. He does show flashes. But, you know, obviously I played with Brett and went through Brett's progression from 92 on. And the one thing that the quarterback coach and Holmgren always preached was throw the guy open. Don't wait until he's open to throw the ball. And that's clearly what he does right what he does right now. I don't think he's getting a lot of help from his receivers. And there's just some head-scratching moments in there. Just, I don't know what the hell the coaches are thinking. I mean, this is football 101. I get it. It's going to be a progression with these young receivers, but we're five games, you know, into garbage football. And it's the same thing over and over and over. They're just, they make them stay the same mistakes. They don't improve. To me, I don't even care if they win or lose. I just want to see them get better week to week. Like, they're playing the Rams this week. I would rather see Jordan Love throw for 300 yards and lose 28-24 as opposed to win 10-9. to I just want to see the offense get better and better and better, and so far that's not happening. And it's not just Jordan Love. It's the coaching staff <clears throat> along with their young receivers. But this is what they signed up for. And this is what you have to deal with. So just go out and play. All right, so let's drill down on that a minute. Um, as we look to New England, Bill Belichick's been catching a lot of flack for how the Patriots have performed over the last three years. And a lot of people naturally draw the correlation that, well, now that Brady's gone, Belichick isn't performing at as high a level as you know we're used to. And maybe Brady covered up a lot more than we thought. Similar situation in Green Bay, although it's just the first year post Aaron Rodgers. When you're looking at Matt LaFleur and what the coaching staff's doing, what's the confidence level in LaFleur moving forward? I don't, as of right now, I don't think there's a lot. I think a lot of people are scratching their head and saying, quarterback, and you know, him and Aaron had their riffs when it comes to play calling and, uh, you know, some personnel moves and things like that. I came to Green Bay in 1992, Holmgren's first year, first year as a head coach. And we were coming off of a 4-12 and year. Um, and our, our roster was not very good. We had Sterling Sharp. We didn't know what Brett was. But we won nine games. And we won nine games because of Holmgren. I mean, four of the games we probably won with the minimal talent we had. But he won the other five games just from his game plan. And I'm just not seeing that out on the floor right now. And then there is a, a lot of confidence in Wisconsin. <clears throat> Mark Chamura providing plenty of doomsday for the Packers right now. And <laughs> we love it, but you get, no, you get, listen, you get the true feel about what things look like. So there's the feeling on the coaching staff. What about the guys who are making the decisions on who the personnel and the coaching staff are going to be? Is Brian Gutekunst the guy who should be making these decisions moving forward? Well, I, you know, I said I didn't agree with the path he was taking. Obviously, uh, they had some cap issues, but I didn't, I didn't agree with the position he's going in because you need veterans. You don't need only veterans to play on the field. You need them to coach the young guys. And if you look at this offensive roster, um, they're from small schools. 
most of them are from FCSs or Oregon States or, or smaller programs. They're not from your blue, blue blood programs. And then you have to look at the defensive side of the ball. They drafted eight or nine first-round picks, and this defense consistently finishes in the high teams, which is ridiculous. So I'm leaning in the favor of blowing the whole thing up. I will give them the 10 games left to see what they do with that. But right now I have very little confidence, not only in organization, I just have no confidence right now. And we'll, you know, time will tell. We'll see uh, what happens at the end of the day. Chewy, appreciate the time and the insight, man. Thanks. All right, guys. Holy crap. Love it. No mincing words. You go right to the source. You and I have had our thoughts, but we're not on the ground in Wisconsin. We're not around it every five minutes. He is. And that does not paint a favorable picture for what we've seen from the Green Bay Packers and the direction in which they're currently headed. This is a guy who knows that organization inside and out. And he just painted a picture of a rudderless ship, kind of like we talked about uh, with the Raiders yesterday, but in a different way. It's amazing when you think about what a quarterback means to a franchise, not just in terms of winning, but in terms of covering up all of its misgivings in so many ways. And that's the first thing I thought of. Wow, like we teased that earlier. They haven't had to worry about this in 30 years. When you don't have that guy, all of a sudden, everything else that's wrong gets amplified, Joe, because there's not anybody there to cover it up. I mean, that just right there is Aaron Rodgers' entrance into the Hall of Fame. We all know he's going there to begin with, but you have a coach that people have said, you know, LaFleur's done an excellent job. They've talked about personnel. Rodgers is gone. The quarterback position is in big trouble. The offense doesn't score. And all those years they spent all those picks, to Chamura's credit pointing this out, this is what really sticks with me, how much they've spent on the defensive side of the ball. Because, you know, Aaron will cover up the offense. And they have a defense right now that you would think would be a top 10 unit, at the very least, just out there getting stops. And they're not. They're just not that good. It shows you that Rodgers has really been bailing everybody out from the beginning. Unreal. A little sneeze there, sorry. I was going to say, I just saw it on the uh, feed. Saw the shivering uh, walrus. I saw a nice little shiver there. I tell you what, my timing is impeccable. Hey, there's a I've never met someone who sneezes on air as much as you do. I've never sneezed on air. It's the allergies, man. I'm allergic to our dog. That's the thing. (laughs) But I take medication for it, and it's actually not that bad except for that. Except for that. (laughs) But I'm not getting rid of the dog. We know who's surviving that battle. Let me tell you something. Your wife's running you out before she runs that dog out. No question. She couldn't wait to get me out of here to go to games one and two. (laughs) There's a new trend when it comes to NFL coaching hires, plus one NFL team might be doing the smartest thing that you can possibly do. We'll explain in just moments. That's after Joe tells us about this from our friends at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Don't miss See Better, Drive Safer Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts, where you'll get great deals on wiper blades, headlight bulbs, cleaning products, and more. Get up to a $20 O'Reilly gift card after rebate on select purchases, and their professional parts people will even install your wiper blades for free. Get ready for the weather ahead during See Better, Drive Safer Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Stop by your local store or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Shaky effort last night, one and two, down 1.4 units. Overall, 61 wins, 54 defeats, one draw. We are up 0.92 units. Profitable, but not enough by our high standards, so let's keep it cooking. Two props for Thursday night football. We're going to begin with Will Levis, rookie quarterback, going over 10.5 rushing yards tonight. 10.5 rushing yards, it's minus 120. Debut was last week. He only had 11 rushing yards, but he did run seven times. Seven times against an Atlanta defense that has a pretty good run defense. Pittsburgh's run defense isn't as good. Now, Cam Hayward is expected back tonight, but when you're a quarterback running, you're mostly breaking outside the pocket and taking off in the space. I think that's what happens here. First road start, Thursday night football, Pittsburgh's top 10 in defensive efficiency. When Levis panics, just tuck and run. When he was healthy, his second to last year at Kentucky, he ran quite a bit and was successful. So we're going to go over 10 and a half rushing yards Rule Levis. Deontay Johnson, Steelers wide receiver. We're going to go over 56 and a half receiving yards. That's minus 120. First two games he played in this year, he was targeted just six times, recording three receptions for 48 yards. He was an afterthought in the offense. So the offense said, we got to get Deontay Johnson involved. Last two games, 20 targets, 13 receptions, 164 yards. He's becoming Kenny Pickett's go-to guy. Deontay Johnson over 56 and a half receiving yards. The Raiders cleaning house, team fired coach Josh McDaniels, GM Dave Ziegler, and offensive coordinator Mick Lombardi. What made you think Josh McDaniels was the right fit? When I go back and look at the coaches hired in that cycle, three of the coaches actually helped their team make the playoffs. The owner of the Las Vegas Raiders turned it into a laughing stock, and it has never felt more awful than it does today. Stop hiring the Belichickettes because they have never worked. You can't hire background singers when you need a lead singer. It's a great way to put it. And those Belichick disciples have never worked. Never worked. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. 
you know, I'm I'm kind of blown away by this decision with Mark Davis, not to fire Josh McDaniels uh, and Dave Ziegler, but to hand it over to Antonio Pierce. And the reason is just I don't really understand where someone who has never been anywhere near a head coach before uh, in this spot is the right guy to shepherd a franchise through a very difficult time and somebody that has a checkered past as a coach where he had a whole thing go on at Arizona State where he was basically dividing the coaching staff between guys who were loyal to him and guys who weren't. I say allegedly there when he was on Herm Edwards' staff. Now, the the question is what kind of an impact can he have on the NFL level? Here's Canty. Let's listen to Canty this morning, Joe, on Unsportsmanlike about what Antonio Pierce could potentially be. This guy is going to win the locker room, and that's the most important thing. That is a leader of men. That's where Mike Tomlin meets Dan Campbell in terms of personality. That's the type of dude that Antonio Pierce is. When I came to the New York Giants, this is a guy that was prepared. He was always in the building early, watching film, breaking things down. If he told me to go somewhere, it's because he was putting me in position to make a play. Like He is well-versed. His football IQ, his football acumen is second to none. This guy knows the game backwards and forwards, right? So he's going to put the those players in positions to have success. Now, the dysfunction within the Raiders organization is what gives me cause to pause in terms of him being able to have a successful out as the interim head coach. But he has all the ingredients, all the makings of being able to be a success in the National Football League. See, Joe, that's that's what's interesting to me. You can have all of those characteristics, but you are jumping into a situation with massive dysfunction that he, frankly, may have been a part of. But on the bright side, extraordinarily low expectations. No one's expecting Antonio Pierce or anyone affiliated with the Raiders to do anything the rest of the way. After all, they were the first team to fire their head coach. That is never a good sign. Right. Who are the teams that normally do that? Uh, Jacksonville with Urban Meyer. Uh, I think it was Denver with Nathaniel Hackett. It's never a good sign. So right now, it's not like anyone's looking at the Raiders saying, all right, Pierce, let's see what you got. This is going to be a really important nine game stretch. Yeah, it is. It's an audition. It's an opportunity to show that, A, you can win over the locker room. B, maybe you can grind out some victories because you're going to have a schematic advantage over somebody else. You have an opportunity to prove something. But remember something to your point. Rich Bisaccia had that same chance a few years ago. He guided the Raiders to the playoffs. He was right there in that game against Cincinnati, who ended up winning the the AFC and going to the Super Bowl. And Mark Davis didn't bring him back, right? And the players really liked him. So maybe Pierce is fighting an uphill battle here. Maybe he's just holding down the job until Davis can figure out what he wants to do and he's not really a true candidate. But Antonio Pierce, this is a great opportunity for you. You got nine games to turn some heads. Nine games. So let's see what you do with it. So I think it's optimism for him. As a franchise, your bottom five in point differential. Again, no one's expecting much from you. And this gives Davis the opportunity to not only evaluate Pierce, but to evaluate and start the process of making the phone calls and discussing this job with other potential candidates. Well, maybe maybe I'm, I'm reading in too much into some Mark Davis comments. But just listen to what he had to say a little bit. This was in an interview with The Athletic. And this, first of all, is in relation to Pierce and what the prospects are going forward here. This time, I don't really have anybody in mind that would potentially prejudice my thinking, so to speak. My thought process is wide open. I think we would both agree that's a very good thing. Yeah. But then he follows it up with, and there's a very good chance 
that the head coach and general manager that we have right now may end up getting the job. Now, if I'm reading what you're saying correctly, you think he's just saying that because he has to say it to I, give Antonio Pierce a little motivation that he could get the job. It's the smart thing to say. What What are your other options there? What are your other options? These guys are definitely not getting the job. That That's going to be a disaster. You come out, you say that, hey, look, you got an opportunity. Whether it's true or not, you, got, you do have an opportunity. Maybe not with the Raiders, but if Pierce does a hell of a job here, certainly another franchise could be looking at him. This is nothing but opportunity here. Reading into those words, that's exactly what Davis has to say. It's what he's supposed to say. He said it. I wouldn't read too deep into any of it. This is what everyone should be saying and doing at the moment. But this is is what gives me a little bit of pause on it. Okay. Okay? Um, Mark Davis goes into, you know, I wasn't very familiar with Antonio over the course of the last year and a half, but I'd gotten to know him a little bit. When I saw his background and resume, I was intrigued. So when I sat down with him and interviewed him, I just felt he was the right guy at the right time to fit the role that I was looking for. No big deal. Innocuous quote, you would think. But then you go back and you read some of the stuff about what happened at Arizona State. And I'm only bringing this up from that dysfunction standpoint and from the leadership standpoint. There, if you remember, there was a massive recruiting issue uh, and, and all kinds of violations. Herm Edwards got fired there. Antonio Pierce was on that staff, and he had to resign. And part of what allegedly went on there is that it was basically Antonio Pierce getting in Herm's ear saying, you need to get rid of this coach, you need to get rid of this coach, you need to get rid of this coach because they're not doing a good enough job recruiting. We need these other guys in here and – we also need to establish a culture of if you're not with us, you're against us. So I worry about that dividing, divisive mentality a little bit when it comes to Pierce. When I hear that and then I hear Mark Davis say, well, yeah, you know, I've gotten to know him a little bit. Is Antonio Pierce one of those guys who's really good at getting in somebody's ear, Joe? Like, that's what I wonder. Could be. We know Very there are guys like be. that who have a lot of success. There's a there's a lot of there are a lot of question marks going into all of this. But the best thing for everybody is that there are literally no expectations here. None. (laughs) The Raiders have already been cast aside as a team that's not going to contend. So take advantage of the time you have for all parties involved. Listen, it's going to be a very interesting last nine games of the year to see what they can put together. Thanks for listening to the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN radio. You can listen to Carlin versus Joe weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin versus Joe podcast.